great-grandma in Chainsaw Heaven. Please don't hoodoo the boy. Welcome to a new episode of Exploit It. I'm Alexis Trowski. And I'm the face of Kevin Daly attached to a, a crazy cannibal. Oh, wow. Wow, that, that is insane. Because this week we're talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 from a year. We're talking about Texas Chainsaw 87? Massacre 86. Texas 87. Chainsaw Massacre 2, 1986, directed by Toby Hooper. Thirteen years ago, audiences across America were horrified by the savagery of a faceless killer. In the wake of this bizarre rampage, he vanished. Now, after more than a decade of silence, he has come out of hiding. Chainsaw Massacre 2. The buzz is back. Directed by Toby Hooper. Oh, so, yeah, we're doing Canon Films this week. And um, Canon Films was a production company in the, the 80s that was done by Golan Globus. You know, Menhem Golan and Yoram Globus, they were from Israel. You don't say. Yeah, and they came over to the United States. They made a movie called The Apple that we're going to watch sometime. Alrighty. And then they just started making all these fucking movies with canon films. There's a lot of action movies we need to see. Uh, they did a Spider-Man movie, kind of. It wasn't released, was it? No, but I, I did actually, I have actually seen that seen it at a daycare. They had like a film reel. Wow. Yeah, I've never been able to find that movie, and I have no fucking clue how that daycare had this film reel of the unreleased Spider-Man movie. That's a that's a story that we would like to know, right? <laughs> yeah, that's I would hard. like to know. It's probably super valuable. Yeah, and they just like dumped it on these kids. <laughs> uh, they also did Superman Four, and they did the Delta Force movies. There's a bunch of Dolph Lundgren shit. I mean, we're going to get to, to more of them. Uh, the Canon uh, Films logo thing I love. It's so 80s. It's so 80s. Like synth. And it, it, it makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. It reminds me of being a kid just because it's, so, like, it's so 80s. Yeah. So, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, obviously a sequel to the film that was made how many years before? When was Texas Chainsaw Massacre 173 or something That's like that? That's what I was going to say. I think this is like 13 years after the fact. Yeah, and we actually got two of the cast members back. No, one. 
One. Just one. Old man, who is now called Cook. Yeah, the old man. Who is, I mean, to be, to be fair, he is the cook. Yep. So it's a very similar opening to the first movie. We've got that, like, stark narration over the words. Yeah. Which every Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie does have. None of them are as effective as the first movie, though. And we learned that Sally said she had broken out of a window in hell. Sally Hardesty from the first film. From the first movie, yeah. Yep. She doesn't show up in the franchise at all again until, like, the one that just came out last year. Um, and I put here that the credit music sounds like the Dead Alive soundtrack. Ha! Yeah, the score is, uh, the score. The score is all over the place. It, it really is. Um. It's functional, for the most part. A makeup and effects by Tom Savini. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, this could actually be amusing. It's got Dennis Hopper and Tom Savini special effects, practical effects. I'm like, all right, all right. Yeah, and Bill Mosley. <laughs> yeah, randomly Bill Mosley. And so the movie starts in earnest with a bunch of, well, not a bunch, just two two college kids riding along, and it's rock music, and they're shooting every fucking sign in Texas. Welcome to Texas, boys. Yeah, and they're they're bragging about, we're on the way to the biggest party in the world! Because apparently this movie takes place on a weekend where there's a a big uh, sports ball game happening. Yes, yeah, the uh, Texas-Oklahoma game, the Red River Rivalry. That's a college uh, game, right? Yes, it is. University right. of Texas, Austin versus the University of Oklahoma. Also, hook em horns. My, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, my, my cousin, Robin is a, a PhD candidate at University of Texas Austin. So. Yeah, one of the the kids in this car keeps screaming Hook'em Horns like 800 times. Yeah, unfortunately, I have to side <laughs> unfortunately, my sports allegiance have to align with these two assholes. Yeah, and I was watching, I'm like, I'm 99% certain this is a college game, although I don't know what the NFL teams were in 1986. You know, it is definitely, it's, it's the Big college game. So, University of Texas, University of Oklahoma game. Yep. And they are, they, they've already done their pre-gaming, and it's it's apparently Thursday. Yeah, well, I mean, party night, at least when I was at Cal, was, uh, was Thursday night. Yeah, because the game happens on Saturday, right? Yeah, though, yeah, I mean, but you do start your pre-gaming at like 8 in the morning on game day. Yeah, well, these people started it at 8 in the morning on Thursday. Thursday. They're <laughs> at, very dedicated to their drinking. And they are drunk driving across the great state of Texas. And they're Luckily, li- they're in part of Texas where nobody is. For now. <sighs> yeah. And they're listening to the radio. They're listening to K-O-K-L-A, which, that's too many letters for a call sign. And it's also most of Oklahoma, so I, I don't know what's going on with that station. So, my guess, again, this is just me knowing a little bit about the geography of the Red River rivalry. They, well, I, it depends. They were playing the game at in what, Arlington, at like the Cowboys Stadium, I think, in this movie. But the idea is the Red River is like on the border between Texas and Oklahoma. And so the two teams are supposed to clash over. It's like a border war kind of game. Okay. And so I think the station, I think where this takes place is in, like, northern Texas, like, far northern Texas. Well, the movie takes and, place in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. 
Yeah, but I think it's on like the north side, this small town or whatever she's, and I think that, I think it ends up being broadcast in Oklahoma as well. I think that's kind of the idea. Because she says that they're broadcasting from the tip top of the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex is what she says. Although we find out that they're just on top of a gun shop in some town called Burke Burnett. Yeah. Is that a real city? I didn't even. I actually did not research either. Burke Burnett. I mean, it sounds like a real Texas city. It sounds more real than Muerto County. <laughs> how, how is it spelled? Do we even know? <laughs> I think it's B-U-R-K-B-U-R-N-E-T-T, but like two words. It, it's uh, one word, and it is a city. city of Burke Burnett, Texas. Oh, where is it? I'm looking at it now. It is right on the border of Oklahoma and Texas. Ah! Like, literally on the border of Oklahoma and Texas. Like, might even straddle, like, the line. It's in Wichita County. So it's like a, a Texarkana? It's a Texclahoma? Texclahoma. Yeah, so it absolutely is not at the top of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. <laughs> I mean, it depends on... It is a little bit... It is north by a bit. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know, 100 miles? Yeah. They got some good range on their station then. Yeah, I guess so. So these kids, we learned that they're named Buzz and Rick the Prick. Yeah, the name's apt. Yeah, and they're, they're college kids, I think. My note says high school kids, but they're going to a drinking party at a college, which is a college thing. But it is Texas. Yeah, they might be middle schoolers. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> and they call into the, the request line, and they're talking to this DJ who, her name is Vanita, a.k.a. Stretch. And I think the rest of my notes only refer to her as Stretch. Because I think that's all she's referred to as for, like, the rest of the movie. Yeah. Played by herself. Played by Caroline Williams. But they keep her on the line. And they, they they play chicken with this truck, and they're they're just holding her on the line. And she's looking at her uh, assistant, LG. I want to say, yeah, because uh, the producer, yeah, um, LG. And she's like, "What do I do? Like, she can't just fucking hang up." <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Like, don't they have like the ability to cut off the line? Well, I mean, she, I, like, I she's on a literal landline holding the phone to her head. <laughs> She could just Is there some sort of FCC regulation? I'm not aware. <laughs> yeah. And they're just screaming, hook em horns! <laughs> also, I would like to say, they played Goo Goo Muck, Cramps, and I'm like, ah. fuck yeah, this soundtrack is awesome. <laughs> yeah, we, we discussed before, this movie has a great licensed soundtrack. It is. The score is whatever. The licensed soundtrack is awesome. <laughs> and um, they have a license plate that says, Fa Q. <laughs> F-A-H space Q. <laughs> yep. And eventually they, they grow tired of Stretch. and um, But they call back at night. And they, they try it again. And Stretch is like, oh, hang it up. Lamo, go call your mother. And she plays the most awesome fucking song ever. She plays that Oingo Boingo song. Yeah. No one lives forever. Which it got me listening to Oingo Boingo again for the next couple days. Nice. It's off the album of Dead Man's Party. Yeah, that makes sense. And that album is one of those, like, fucking stellar albums where every song is a banger. Yeah, Danny Elfman, is, you know, he's a, he's a great songwriter. Yeah, and this song totally fits for this entire sequence. 
because they they come up again to that truck that they were playing chicken with, and it starts messing with them, and then this fucking like dead body jumps up onto the truck, just this corpse, and it's dancing to the song, and it has a chainsaw. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, and then we kind of see that it's like Leatherface is behind this corpse, like puppeteering it. Yeah, and I'm like, why? <laughs> just for the okay. hell of it. <laughs> Uh, do you ever get that vibe from Leatherface in the first movie that he's like, haha, I'm gonna hide behind a... No! I think this is the only one where he's fun-loving. Yeah, he's very, like, goofy in this movie. Well, I don't know in the later sequels he's fucking, but that's a different kind of fun-loving. Yeah. And so they attack this car with the chainsaw, and Buzz has his head buzzed. Indeed. And we're just listening to this Oingo Boingo song the whole time, and it's fucking awesome. And I feel no remorse for these two idiots dying. Yeah, they're horrible people. And they die on the radio because they're still, like, on the phone. And for some reason, Stretch can't hang up. So she... Also, why does everybody have a car phone in this movie? Yeah! Like... I'm pretty sure in bumfuck Texas, not everybody had a car phone in 1986. That was only a thing for, like, Ivy League kids. <laughs> but we... We see the next morning and the remains of the car accident, and we meet Lieutenant Lefty Enright, played by the great late Dennis Hopper. I'd also be remiss not to mention that uh, the Savini practical effect was Chef's Kiss, as always. Oh yeah, because he cuts this kid's head like at an a forty-five degree angle, and it just like the top corner of his head just slides off and fucking. Yeah, uh, Rick the Prick is just in the passenger seat screaming as they go careening off into nowhere. Yeah, that's great. Lefty Enright is investigating, like, this supposed Texas chainsaw people that have been terrorizing Texas for the last however many years. It's basically just, like, rumor and stuff at this point. Yeah, it's like an urban myth. And so he, he knows that this, this, this crime scene here is part of it. And, like... The other cop on the scene is like, no, no, these were just two kids, you know, being wild, going to the, the, the game. Lefty is like, yeah, one of those boys is so wild, he sawed his own head off going 90 miles per hour. Yeah. And the other cop just kind of like sheepishly looks down and is like, oh, you're, you're right, that's kind of fucked. <laughs> Do a little better forensic investigating there, cop. And we, we get established again that this is a big weekend in Dallas. Yeah, they, they reiterate this a few times throughout the Yep. It's actually important to our cannibal friends as well. Yeah, because we know that today is Friday, tomorrow is the big game. We're told that many, many times. Yes. And to bring that up, because there's a scene later on that bugs me about that time frame. Uh-huh. So he tells the cop, he's like, Brazos! That becomes like his catchphrase. What does it even mean? Okay. So, it's a river in Texas. Uh-huh. But it's also the Spanish word for arms, but is colloquial slang for, like, strength. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and, um, yeah, he's going, Brazos, Brazos, and then the other cop goes, Remember the Alamo, cowboy? It is so <laughs> super fucking Texas. <laughs> or, remember the, Al the Alamo thing kind of shows up a little bit later. In the, the Texas battleground site? <laughs> yeah, the, the Texas war amusement park. <laughs> yeah. But we get a stretch, um, because while well, Lefty has had them published in the newspaper, like, same day, apparently. He's very, very quick, yes. About, hey, there's this 
wacky-ass cop looking for information about a chainsaw people murder in this, this car accident. So Stretch goes to the hotel that Lefty's staying at, and she shows up in her best fuck-me-cowboy shorts. Yeah. That we she wears for the rest of the movie. We see a hell of a lot of this woman's crotch. <laughs> and she's, like, got these lecher cowboys that are drunk and trying to hit on her before she she runs into Lefty's room to tell her, like, hey, I recorded this murder on the phone. You know, the FCC said we should delete these, but I kept it. And he doesn't respect her at all. He's, like, a total asshole to her. He's also completely shit-faced. He is. He starts, like, drunkenly monologuing about, I'm not afraid of things. I'm not convinced that wasn't just Dennis Hopper showing up on set that day. <laughs> And he tells her, like, you can't get in my way. Don't don't know you get in my way. I've got a perfect willingness to die. That gives me a moral over these bunch of mad dogs. Incidentally, I I should say that I love Dennis Hopper, and he himself would have told you that he was crazy. Yeah. So we cut to LG, the the station manager, making a house out of french fries for some fucking reason. This means something. Yeah. It's like close encounters of the third kind, but with french fries and then um i can't remember the lead in line but i know that uh for some reason stretch says something about a hard ass oh she's talking about lefty being a hard ass yeah and lg has this crush on stretch but he won't admit it he'll just spit everywhere because that's his his bit is he just spits even on the floor of the restaurant, the floor of their station, he just spits fucking uh, every Texas. scene. Ah, uh, Texas. I don't know if that's normal in Texas, or especially in North Texas or not. Yeah. I just assume everything that is weird is related to it being in Texas. So he he goes, I, I may have a semi-hard ass, but I have a soft heart. I built yeah. you a little fry house. <laughs> it's very cute. And they're actually doing radio coverage of the Texas OU chili cook-off. Like this chili cook-off between Texas and Oklahoma. Yes. And the winner is Drayton Sawyer, formerly old man, now cook. Same actor. Um, He's like Dallas's favorite caterer. And we, uh... All, all, they ask what his secret ingredient is, and I think we all know the answer to that. Yeah, he says, it's the meat. I've got a good eye for real prime meat. And my, my notes say in caps, it's fucking people. It is people. Yeah, and then, like, the one of the judge finds, like, a piece of buckshot or a bone or something. Yeah, it's like a finger bone. <laughs> and he just kind of takes it away and goes, oh, that's one of them hard-shelled peppercorns. <laughs> Totally not human body part. Yeah. He goes, I love this town. This town loves prime meat. And then here's the scene that bugged me. It's because Lefty goes to a place called Cut Right Chainsaws. Yes, I love this scene. Yeah, and apparently he has traveled to the future. Because the sound that is playing is college football marching music. So, Well, there's a marching band going down the street randomly. <laughs> oh, I thought it was on his radio or his television. I didn't see that there was a band going down the street. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, there's a, literally a band. I think there's probably a parade or something going by this. Oh, okay. I thought he was watching the game from the future, and it was like, <laughs> what the fuck? That would be amazing. But no, I think it's just supposed to be the marching band in the background. And he goes in there with just a ton of money. Then he just lays out on this, not even a table, it's a stump. And he just lays out all this cash, and he's like, I want to buy all the chainsaws. 
I need chainsaws. Lots of chainsaws. And so he gets this big, gigantic, like the biggest chainsaw he can find. And then he gets two little ones that he can dual wield. Yeah, no. It's like, we're getting a chainsaw duel in this movie, aren't we? Yeah, and he is like waving them around and stabbing with them. And the guy's like, do you want to test them out? I got this big, giant tree out front. And so he goes out. He goes to town on this tree this log just attacking it with like all this anger and the the guy that runs the shop is like oh my aching banana which i don't know why he says that but that's what he says i'm assuming he's referring to his penis Oh, God, you you and that chainsaw gave me a semi-chub. <laughs> That's, I mean, what else could it be? Yeah, you should be proud there, Dennis Hopper. You gave the old chainsaw man a, a chub. <laughs> with, your, with your sexy chainsawing. I mean, yeah. That guy's all about chainsaws. And so he goes down to the station, and he's like, I want you to play the tape. And uh, Stretch is like, oh, sure, come on up, I'll play it for you. No, I want you to play it on the air every single hour. I need your help, Missy. <laughs> yeah, in the most Dennis Hopper way possible. Yeah. And um, meanwhile, we see the cook, Drayton Sawyer, who's driving along in his his roach coach. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a food truck. <laughs> yeah, going from gas cannibal, station to food truck. Cannibal food truck. And he's like, we did it! We're number one! <laughs> he's eating fucking chili out of the trophy. Yeah, he is. And then he gets a call on his car phone. <laughs> the last people in the world he would expect to own a car phone. Right. It's like, what the fuck? This random cannibal cook has car phone? What? Why? And he goes right back into the, the shouting at them. He's like, you coon shits! You fudge packer! Which I did not like him calling them that. And <laughs> I mean, he is the bad guy. Yeah. And they're like, oh, hey, tune into the radio. And he, he listens, and it's the sound of them murdering those people with the chainsaws. And he, he and just like, pissed. yeah, he's pissed. He's like, you got to kill me. Well, it's because they keep blowing his cover. Yeah. He just wants to sell a bunch of human meat on, on Big Game Saturday and to yeah. make a bunch of money. And he is so proud. He, he goes on monologues about small businessmen. And yeah, he's. He's a capitalist. The cannibal capitalist. That's exactly what he is. It's actually a pretty amusing character when you think about it. Meanwhile, it's a uh, midnight. Has stretches going off the air. Disappointed that nothing has happened. Uh, she's been playing this tape every hour, and LG is like, "You got a lot of complaints about that shit." Yeah. Well. And they go off the air and play the national anthem and everything. Like a TV station? Yeah, I think small town radio stations do have like a dead period that are just nothing. But then she puts on other music. Like she puts in this this tape. So maybe it's just like pre-recorded set list with no DJ. I don't know. Could be. It's the ad-free period. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Ad-free, no frills, just music. And we know, we, we realize more has LG spitting all over the floor. Because he's like, do you want to go for pancakes? Because he really likes her, but he's not a dick about it. Yeah. Because we've seen a lot of movies where people are a dick about it when a girl turns them down. Looking at you, guy from Leprechaun 2. <laughs> yeah. 
LG's LG's uh, a little slow, but he's also he seems like a nice enough. He's like, I'm gonna go get you coffee. I'm just chilling in the friend zone stretch. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And um, so while he's gone, Bill Mosley shows up, playing the same character Bill Mosley plays. Yeah, he's playing what was Hitchhiker in the first movie. Now he is called Chop Top. Yeah. According to the credits, they never actually call him that in the movie. Yeah, this isn't the subtitles too, but yeah, he is not quite the same. He is the same character in spirit, like in text, but he does a totally different performance than the guy in the first movie. Yeah, apparently he went to Vietnam at some point. Yeah, and he mentions that, and he keeps like heating up this coat hanger and burning his head with it. Yeah, he's like scratching the skin around his like metal plate that they put into his head. Yeah, well, we don't know he has a metal plate yet. Right, not not immediately. He's just wearing this ridiculous wig and burning his scalp. He looks like a like a like a hippie. <laughs> he does. He's like, I want to buy some ad time. Um, I, I like music. Is this a radio station? And Stretch is like, Get the fuck out of here! You're creepy, and it's midnight. We're we're fucking closed, dude. But she's still intimidated by him because he's fucking weird. And he's like, give me a tour. And she gives a tour of just random shit that's just on the desk. She's like, Here, here's a lamp. Oh, wow, that's neat. A typewriter? A rubber man? Another lamp? Oh, wow. My notes are like, I love lamp. That's right. Because <laughs> she's like, here's another lamp and there's the exit sign. Yeah, your tour. Here's your tour. Here's your tour. Here's a lamp. Yeah, lamp. <laughs> here's a typewriter. Ooh. Rubber man. Uh-huh. Rubber man. I like him. <laughs> Armadillo. Whoa. Here's Mr. Shark. Oh, Mr. Shark. <laughs> Here's some flowers. Rolodex. Here's a lamp. Oh. And there's the exit sign. Two more over. And he just stops to look at the exit sign and go, E X. I-T- Exit! You're right! He's so fucking with her. And then, um, they spend forever just saying goodnight to each other. <laughs> this whole scene is super awkward. Because she's like, goodnight! 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 <laughs> just back and forth forever. And then he has to mention, he's like, I loved that lefty request record that you played every hour. Was that the Rambo 3 soundtrack? <laughs> And then he's like, what's this door here? That's the record vault. And then, boom, fucking Leatherface just charges into the room. <laughs> smashes Chop Top down. And he's like, you dented my plate. My brain's yeah, actually, burning. I think he actually hits Chop Top in the head with the chainsaw. <laughs> he knocks off his wig. He's like, you bitch hog. You, look what you did to my Sonny Bono wig. <laughs> yeah, the flex off his metal plate. And he starts screaming about how he's having non-flashbacks. <laughs> Yeah. And he's screaming at Leatherface to go kill this woman, and he's like, Dog will hunt! Get that bitch! And I'm like, this is so House of a Thousand Corpses with that line. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the that, that line is used in Jerry Was a Race Car Driver on Primus. Oh, I, that song's in my uh, playlists. I have to go listen to it again. So I, know he, I know he goes, Dog will hunt! And then it goes into the guitar solo. Not the bass solo? I mean, it's Primus. It is a guitar solo here. And then LG shows up. 
<laughs> I'm like, oh, LG's fucked. Yeah, uh, Chop Top screams at him, lick my plate, you dog dick. Yeah, it is, in fact, that the, the song features a sample of Bill Moses' character Chop Top from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Dude chuckling to himself in the remarking, dog will hunt. Ah! But yeah, it is a, it is a, a sound clip from, from the movie and the Primus song. I might use that Primus song in the, the episode, then. I mean, it's a great song. It's a classic. Yeah, that and uh, John the Fisherman. Tommy the Cat will always be my favorite Primus song. Why known as Big Brown Beaver? <laughs> that's, that's a great one. I just like Tommy the, Tommy the Cat was the first time I heard Primus in, in fucking Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, I believe. The Battle of the Bands. Oh, yeah. Primus is one of the bands in the Battle of the Bands. Like, how the fuck did these idiots beat Primus at a my sister and I, one summer back then, we uh, made a trip to visit my grandparents. Uh-huh. And my sister and I, we would sing this song. We would play it. We knew exactly what Winona's Big Brown Beaver was about. And my grandma had no idea. And she's like, that's a really weird, weird beaver you're singing about. <laughs> it's a weird song, but it's definitely about <clears throat> beaver. It's about vagina dentata. <laughs> yes. But she shows it off to all her friends. Yeah, and it bit some dude's hand off. <laughs> I love Primus. But anyway, so LG gets just the shit just beat out of him by Chop Top, and Chop Top's just screaming, Ho Chi Minh! Ho Chi Minh! If you thought, I mean, Chop Top is somehow the most unhinged character in this movie. Oh, with yeah. In a movie with a dude who cooks people and another dude who literally take, cuts people's faces off and wears them in his mask. Yeah. Speaking of Leatherface, he's cornered uh, Stretch in, like, this office. And because she's wearing her best fuck-me-cowboy shorts, he's quite interested in her spread legs and yes. what she's got going on between them. And, yeah, uh, turns out turns out Leatherface fucks. Yeah. <laughs> Leatherface fucks. And, and Stretch realizes this and she's like, you're good? Yeah, you like this? You like this? And she, he's rubbing her thighs with the chainsaw. It's not on, obviously. Yeah. But then, I guess he comes? Yeah. Think, this is when the movie starts to get extra weird. Because he just he pulls back and he's screaming with his chainsaw and he's like, ah! And I'm like, he's coming, isn't he? Really? Are you really, really good? Yes, I, I can. I gotta imagine. This is how Leatherface orgasms. <laughs> Chainsaws are involved. Yeah. 
so he lets he lets her go, but then he goes down and kind of lets Chop Top think he killed her. <laughs> yeah, he totally lies to Chop Top. Because Chop Top's like, did you get her? And Leatherface just kind of nods like, ah. And he's like, I got one too. We got a bonus body. Yeah, that's actually a pretty intense scene too, because Chop Top's got like a fucking, like, like a ball peen hammer, like a small hammer. And he just keeps braining LG with it. Yeah. And so they load up LG and they take off in their their Merca Jeep, by the way. Car. Car. It's a truck. Their Merca tr- truck that's got the big, like, American flag on it. This were 2016 and and, and later it would be a, a MAGA sticker on there. Oh, it would have, like, ten fucking flags on it. American flags and MAGA flags. Yep, they're definitely those kind of people. So, Stretch, since Lefty has never fucking showed up, and she's really, <laughs> really upset about that, uh, she gets in her Jeep and she follows them to Texas Battleland. They went to Texas to have a, a, a war-themed amusement park. Yeah, and so... She's walking around. His lefty actually does show up at Texas Battleland. Yeah, he's used her as bait. Yeah, and he tells her just flat out, I used you as bait. I fucked up, but I had to, to get these people. Yeah, he has uh, he has one very specific goal. These, these cannibals are his white whale for reasons that will be revealed soon. Yes, and um, she falls into a pit. And, yeah, um, apparently they've established pit traps in this abandoned amusement park. Yeah, and he tries to use a skeleton arm to help her. Yeah, that brittle arm wasn't going to be holding much. Yeah. And so she falls down, and Lefty decides to just fucking Leroy Leroy Jenkins himself into that place. Yeah, he he goes in like Mac from Predator. It's like, I'm going to have me some fun. I'm going to have me some fun. (laughs) Just runs in with that big chainsaw, and he's just like, I'm bringing it down to hell! Bring it down! And he's just shouting and just cutting up everything in his sight. Love it. Dennis Hopper doing Dennis Hopper things. Meanwhile, we get uh, the cook, Drayton Sawyer. He was like, oh, we gotta cook up these people. They're gonna want a bunch of croissant sandwiches before the game tomorrow. And Leatherface goes and he starts cutting up LG with an electric knife. Yeah, I'm doing a little, uh, little trimming, little Thanksgiving style trimming on this one. And he 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 gets LG's face, and so he's happy. And then he notices that Stretch is hiding out there watching him. Also, what is an electric knife but a really small chainsaw? Yeah, it is. It's a little baby chainsaw. And um, so Stretch tries being the like, hey, hey, uh, I'm your girlfriend, Leatherface. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, I I made you come chainsaws. It's like that scene in, uh, in Showgirl. <laughs> yeah. And so Leatherface is like, okay, well, here, wear this face. <laughs> yeah. I think he thinks this will help her disguise herself. <laughs> or maybe it's just like, that's what he thinks is pretty. <laughs> Here's an out. I bought you an outfit. <laughs> Which, for some reason, my note says, it makes her look pretty. Thumbs up emoji. <laughs> Which I think had to be a typo, because I don't put emojis in my notes. And then he puts LG's hat on her, too. Yep, just complete the look. And picks her up, and they dance together. (laughs) This movie's so fucking weird. Before uh, Drayton is like, hey, hey, Bubba, come help me make this eyeball pate. (laughs) Yeah, mm, delicious. 
<laughs> so he fucks off and we find out that LG is still kind of alive. He has no fucking how? face. How? That is a tough motherfucker right there. Dude has no face, is missing like like half of his chest, like has been skinned off, had his head beat to oblivion with a little hammer, and somehow is still able to stand and free <laughs> and free st- spit. He spits. <laughs> Also, he's staring at his own removed face on the top of the girl he has a crush on. I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, but he's not mad. He, that's, he, a, that's a hell of a guy. He just goes up and he's like, my darling, don't be scared. Which he says that without lips, by the way. Yeah, I don't know how, but he does. And then he dies. He just fucking dies. Uh, but he, he frees her. Yeah, he frees her. And then Chop Top decides to just fucking freak out about Vietnam, that he wants to turn this place into Nam land, and he screams that forever like an asshole. That's gotta be a top five worst ideas ever, right? He's like, let's make Nam land! Nam land! Napalm! Vietnam land! Yeah, top five worst amusement park ideas ever. That's gotta be one of them. Yeah, and the cook is annoyed, and I'm like, I feel ya, buddy. Yeah. I mean, both movies is like, Man, his idiot. I guess they're. I guess they're his siblings. That's the, the implication. Is those are his siblings? Yeah, I thought he was the dad, but he has a line later on where he's like, "My brothers, my little brothers." So he's he's just a he's just a man who wants to cook people and sell them for food. Yeah, he's a capitalist. Sweeney Todd style. Sweeney Todd style. But his idiot brothers keep going on full psychopathic rampages and getting him into into trouble. Yep. And so, Lefty, while he's still screaming, doing his Dennis Hopper shit, bring this motherfucker down! That's right. He finds Franklin from the first movie. Yep, because apparently they've managed to transport Franklin's body, decayed body, with them from wherever they fled from. Yeah, because they were in South Texas, now they're in North Texas, and they just kept this body in a wheelchair for 14 fucking years and just hauled it around? Apparently, and just hit it somewhere, like, randomly. <laughs> what? It's like, like uh, were you proud to kill the man in the wheelchair, guys? I, I guess? Was he was he your trophy kill? Crippled-ass Franklin? <laughs> it's like shooting a, a lame elephant or something, I don't know. Ah, the, uh, what's that? The Jimmy Johns. <laughs> yeah. And we learned that uh, Lefty's revenge quest is like Franklin was his nephew or something. Yep, the the Franklin and and Sally were his his ne- niece and nephew. So he's he's on a revenge quest for his nephew and for the I guess presumably also the treatment his niece went through. Yeah, he doesn't mention her. No, <laughs> I guess because she survived. So so he just starts right back in with the cut everything down. Rawr! Uh, meanwhile, Stretch has been discovered, and they're chasing her around, because Leatherface is a bit upset that she took off the face. Yeah. She put it back on, on LG. <laughs> I mean, it was his face. Yeah. And um, Leatherface is really hesitant about killing her, so the cook realizes, oh, oh, it's, it's, it's a hormone thing. <laughs> He's like, it's a, it's a, you're a guy and she's a girl, because, well, she's got them spread legs again. They are nice legs. And, he, and meanwhile, Chop Top is just chanting, Bubba's got a girlfriend! Bubba's got a girlfriend! He's completely insane. Yeah. Uh, the cook is like, oh, 
you're thinking about the old cock and cunt swindle. <laughs> I love this guy, by the way. The, the performance he does for, for old man slash cook slash what's Duncan? Is that his actual name? Drayton. Okay. Drayton Sawyer. Drayton Sawyer, yeah. yeah he's he, like, I love his performance. I love this character. Yeah, he's like, you're thinking about sex. S-C-E-X. Sex. <laughs> and he's like, well, you have to kill her. Is it going to be sex or the saw? Sex is... Well, nobody knows what that is, but the Saw's family. That's right. You got one choice, boy. Sex or the Saw. Yeah. Sex is, well, nobody knows. But the Saw, the Saw is family. It's family. Wait till granddad hears about this. Like, it, it's just a family of cannibal virgins. That's right. Except in the third movie, Leatherface has a child, but that's a whole different thing that I'll get into at the end of this. I was going to say, we could talk about that in a minute. So they, uh, they haul her out and they tie her up for dinner, just like in the first movie. Yeah, we could basically get a replay of the scene from the first <laughs> yeah, movie. Only we get the cook monologuing a hell of a lot more. And we get uh, some Meet the Family style shenanigans <laughs> with Leatherface trying to not kill his girlfriend. Yeah, they pull out Grandpa again, and the cook's even older now. Yeah, somehow still alive. Uh, He's a little bit more spry in this movie. Somehow he has got more energy this time. Sure, why that is? Um, Well, he tells us that uh, oh, Grandpa's strict liquid diet keeps him fresh as a rose. Also, these guys are the Gastons of cannibals. They use uh, human bodies in all in all of their decorating. Yes, they do. Um, we learned that Grandpa is also 137 years old. Which is insanity. Yeah, he worked for the Atlas Rendering Company. And he was, he was the master, the one and only. And then when they started, like, using that gun, which we heard about in the first movie, um... And automating things, you know, it just broke Grandpa's heart, and he quit. He quit because he couldn't handle not, you know, bludgeoning cows to death with his bare hands. And so they're they're gonna let Grandpa, they give him the hammer to take out this girl. And you get my favorite line in the movie when the cook is like, Oh, great Grandma in Chainsaw Heaven! <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, no, no, don't Grandma's! Favorite rug. Be careful of the splatter. You gotta be careful of the splatter. Oh, great grandma. Please don't hoodoo the boy. Hey, grandpa, here's the big boy. Look what Bubba brought you. Hey, grandpa, Bubba's got something to show you here. Look, a slurpy booty. Here, grandpa. Come on, grandpa. And you know what? Grandpa still sucks at hitting, you know, and we get this long sequence again where he's just fucking can't hold the hammer and they're yelling, hit the bitch, hit the bitch. Yep, let's replay, basically. But instead of getting free and running out a window like Sally, we're interrupted by Dennis Hopper singing a hymn. Yep. He's bringing in the sheaves. Bringing in the sheaves. And Chop Top sings back to him. Bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. Oh, shut up! Bring the paradise and bringing in the sheaves. Oh, and in the morning, oh, and seeds of kindness. Oh, and in the new time. Waiting for the 
reaping. We shall come rejoicing. Bring it in the sheaves. Boys, boys, boys. What the hell's going on here? That the American way of entering a man's home singing like that? I get it. The old pressure game, huh? Boys, you never should have been doing this. Who sent you? Those sissies over at Del Mar catering? That chicken shit burrito man bunch? <laughs> well, I don't care, you hear? Yeah, that's right. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world, and from where I sit, there just ain't enough damn dog. You can't stand the heat. Get out of the damn kitchen, huh? <laughs> because throughout this whole thing, um, because he's sawing down all the supports, their whole fucking home is like crumbling around them. And he's complaining, and and and, uh, and Drayton is just complaining about how the nobody pays taxes except the small businessmen. Yeah, <laughs> and how he's getting fucked. Yeah, it's all them corporate tech giants and. <laughs> Fucking a, Zuckerbergs and Musks. It's a, a nice Randy and rant here. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking. Right. And, um. It's the most 80s thing ever. And so finally, Lefty bursts into this kitchen with his chainsaw. And Drayton's like, is that the American way of entering a man's home? And my thought is, kind of. And he thinks that he's like a competing food truck. That's right. He's like, who sent you here to pay you off? Was it Delmar Catering? Was it the fucking burrito guy? <laughs> and I'm just like, is there like an underground like food truck war with guys going at it warrior style? And then Dennis Hopper screams, I am the Lord of the Harvest! <laughs> Drain goes, what's that? Some fucking health food company? <laughs> Lord of the Harvest. <laughs> and I'm fairly convinced Dennis Hopper just made up that lyric, <laughs> that line on his own. And the guy playing Drayton just ad-libbed right back. Yep, that's what I guess. Like. <laughs> and so Lefty just screams, Brazos! And we get our fucking chainsaw fight. <laughs> I'm glad they actually they actually did the chainsaw duel. First of all, he like shoves the chainsaw <laughs> Drayton's ass. Yeah. Drayton ends up under the floorboards for the rest of the movie, monologuing about small business and objectivism. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Love it. A free man shouldn't pay taxes to the communist government! <laughs> Just ranting under the floor. Yep. And, um, and Lefty kills Leatherface. Yeah, Straight up, like, eviscerates him with the chainsaws. Yeah, he, he puts duel. the big giant chainsaw in his gut, then he whips out his little sidearms. Yep. And goes back to town, just. And he gets himself killed. I, I think they just take this whole fucking thing down. He had the grenade. He pulls the grenade out the, from the one guy, because Drayton's like. I'm dying. We're all dead. I'm taking you all with me. Yeah, Drayton pulls out the guitar, the grenade, and he's like, for Ayn Rand! Yeah, basically. <laughs> and then everybody blows up, except for... Chop Top Stretch. and Stretch and get away. Yeah, because Chop Top is chasing Stretch. And she's climbing to the top of 
Texas Amusement Park's Matterhorn. <laughs> yeah. Is it the Alamo? That might be. Yeah, it's the top of this mountain. And they're, they're fighting their way up there, and they find Grandma, who has a chainsaw. Yes, ancient chainsaw. And my note here is, Grandma is super dead. This woman is a skeleton. Oh, she's super, super dead. So, she just decides to stretch, just grabs the chainsaw from the Grandma corpse. And which, then Chop Top screaming about how you, how you killed Grandma. It's like, dude, she's been dead for like 70 years. Grandma's been dead since F- FDR was in office. What the fuck are you <laughs> talking about? Ed kills Chop Top. Yep. And so, remember the first movie ended with Leatherface waving the chainsaw around and screaming? We end with Stretch waving the chainsaw around and screaming. And today she remains on top of that tower doing the chainsaw dance. Yeah. And it's the end, and the credits are weak. Yeah. They play something that sounds like a Corey Hart song over these credits. I'm just such a high-energy movie, we go to this this downer-sounding song. It's a weird fucking film, isn't it? It is so bizarre. It's a, it's a black comedy, right? It's, obviously, it's not a straight horror film. Yeah, it is a black comedy. And I believe the first one was also supposed to be have like black comedy elements to it, but it's such an intensely shot film that you kind of miss it. Yeah, well, there's moments in this movie because oh, let me see here when Poltergeist came out, 1982, so before this movie. Um, and there's a lot of debate about did Toby Hooper make Poltergeist or was that actually just Steven Spielberg that did it? Huh. There's a lot of shots in this movie. Where I'm like, yes, this is the guy that made Poltergeist. Because uh, the, the visual style is... The visual is style. Similar. There's a scene in the radio station where uh, right after she's gone off the air, and it's panning across and giving a lot of detail to like all the clutter and everything in there. Yeah. While she's just making sounds and setting up like the overnight recordings. And it finally like closes in on her when she hears the sound of Chop Top. And it's, like, really effectively shot. I'm like, yeah, that this is the dude that made Poltergeist. Because it it's like, I'm thinking, like, what would it be like to be a DJ in the 80s? It would have been exactly like this. He would have had to deal with uh, insane non-veterans with chainsaws. Ah. <laughs> well, I, man, I don't know how Richard Blade made it out alive. They'd run in there screaming with a metal plate in their head, waving a chainsaw, going, I want to hear Take On Me! Aha, <laughs> 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 goddammit! <laughs> Um, it uses minimal gore. The death count is relatively low for what's ostensibly a slasher film. <laughs> it actually is. Like, how many people actually die? LG and the two kids in the beginning, right? Yeah, well, and the family. Oh, yeah, well, I don't count them. Uh, uh, which brings me to... Oh, I, and I guess uh, Dennis Hopper. But Dennis Hopper goes out on his own terms, essentially. Yeah. And kind of like no gore. They're just crushed under rubble. Yeah, I mean, you do have... It's definitely gorier than the first one. You got the dude's head getting cut off, like, uh, in half. You got you got that whole bunch of entrails spilling out from that one scene. Well, if you have Tom Savini, you're gonna fucking use Tom Savini. <laughs> yeah, you got LG with his face missing and, like, his chest, like parts of his chest. You got Leatherface getting eviscerated. So, yeah, he definitely makes use of Tom Savini's work for the few deaths that there are. So, a lot of people, they, they love one and two, and you don't have to watch anything after that. Which, technically, story-wise, you do not. Because everything else in the franchise after this is just some cannibal family that happens to have a leather face. 
yeah, because this Leatherface dies in this movie. Yeah, he's dead. And then there's Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, where you have some other cannibal Texas family headed by Vigo Mortensen. <laughs> I mean, Vigo Mortensen is cool. Yeah, and they have a they have a Leatherface. Uh, you have the fourth one where you've got Matthew McConaughey, and they they have a Leatherface that tortures Renee Zellweger. <laughs> Man, that's a cast. Yeah, I haven't seen any of these, and frankly, I'm not inclined to see. I, I feel like the story was wrapped up sufficiently with this one. Yeah, um, we might watch a couple more though later no, no, on. I mean, that's- that's fine. I just wouldn't actively seek them on my own. This isn't a film series. I'm like, man, I really love these movies. I can't wait! Whereas, like, I've been thinking a lot about the Leprechaun movies, and, like, I kind of want to go back and watch more fucking Leprechaun movies. Oh, we gotta wait a year. Literally the entire, like, fourth, like, on St. Patrick's Day, like, I'd be walking around going, did I Did I tell you that I want to be did I mention that it wants me gold? Did I mention that I want me gold? <laughs> Literally the whole day. I probably said it 20 times. <laughs> but yeah, it's a fun movie. I would rather this movie over the coffee, the the, the 5 p.m. donut shop coffee. See, I, I think I'll pick the coffee. Um, I didn't hate this movie, and it's a close one. But I think it works less than it than it doesn't. It's a little too weird. <laughs> I can see the, that. The, well, uh, it's a huge departure. Well, it's it's interesting because obviously I like weird movies, but um, this has got the this has got the Batman what was the the Batman Forever problem for me. It's like sometimes it doesn't know what it wants to be. Does it want to be a horror film? Does it want to be a comedy? And it kind of misses like it doesn't commit enough. Whereas at least Leprechaun One like figured it out by the end of the movie. It's like we're going straight comedy. Yeah. This one kind of waffles back and forth, like, the entire time. Yeah, I can and, s- see what you mean by the Batman Forever problem, because it's it's trying really hard to not be the first movie. Yeah. Like, well, and Batman Forever also has the same issue, where it, like, wants to be, like, a serious Batman movie, but it also wants to be a Joel Schumacher schlockfest. Yeah. Why I'll die on the hill that, for as bad as Batman and Robin is, at least it's a movie that knows what it wants, so it's better than Batman Forever. Anything else on this movie? No, I. Uh, I mean, look, Tom Sabini's great. The score is the score. The licensed soundtrack is great. Dennis Hopper's amazing, and I like. Uh, I like the guy playing the cook. Yeah, that's about it, though. Uh, that cook, uh, Jim C. Dow, he was played the same role in the first movie. I think one of the big things that I would not want to watch, why I would take the coffee, and because I, I don't really want to watch this movie, is I like Bill Mosley, but that character gets annoying. Very quickly. Oh, especially when he's going off about Nomland. Because he's just like, I, again, I feel like he's just ad-libbing the crazy. Like, he's just kind of just going off and like, but he's so loud and obnoxious and stuff. It's like, I like the version of this, because, I mean, the character he plays in House of a Thousand Corpses is basically the same character. Yeah. But more restrained. <laughs> and I like that character a lot better. But yeah, that license soundtrack is awesome. Oh, it's so good. It's, Oingo, well, Boingo, I mean, The Cramps, Lords of the New Church. Yeah. I mean, I, I love me some New Wave, so it's just like, oh, look, a sweet New Wave soundtrack. Yep. Like, uh, I'm at Goth Bar or something. Like, I'm doing great. And the poster itself, have you seen the poster for it? I have not. Oh, uh, just pull up the Wikipedia, because they got the poster. Okay. That is a parody of The Be- Breakfast Club. <laughs> you see it? Yeah, it's literally the Breakfast Club poster, just with 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> With the corpse being... <laughs> great. Yep. But yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, great film. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Now, we got our bonus episode. So if you're a subscriber for 99 cents a month, cheaper than 5 p.m. Donut Shop Coffee, you'll get the bonus episodes as they air, instead of having to wait a week. So yeah, make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you like what we do, uh, leave a review, let others know, help get the word out. Subscribe for 99 cents a month for the, the bonus episodes. Check out our website at exploitedpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at podcastexploit or contact us at exploitedpodcast at gmail.com. So we have our bonus episode, another canon film, Masters of the Universe. <laughs> Totally different from this. Completely different film. And then next week is some black exploitation. So we will catch you then. Good night. And the masters of the universe. I am Adam, Prince of Eternia and defender of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. This is Cringer, my fearless friend. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my magic sword and said, By the power of Grayskull! Cringer became the mighty Battle Cat, and I became He-Man. The most powerful man in the universe! Only three others share this secret. Our friends, the Sorceress, Man-at-Arms, and Orko. Together we defend Castle Grayskull from the evil forces of Skeletor.